You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Where is the South African economy at the moment? I've been very lax on my podcast recently by not covering the data points when they come out. So I'm going to rectify that situation now with the help of Annabel Bishop, who's the chief economist at Investec in Johannesburg. Annabel, should we start with GDP, first of all, uh, the, the, the big one, because that's obviously had a huge amount of volatility because of the pandemic, because of the lockdowns, because of base effects. Can you summarize how we've performed in the last, say, for example, a quarter? Sure, sure, Lindsay. Look, I mean, as we know, last year, the economy in South Africa collapsed by 7%. And of course, you know, obviously moving into the first quarter of this year, we don't have the GDP figures out yet. But what we do have is a number of economic indicators that make up GDP. And of course, you know, part of that is industrial production. We know it's electricity, mining, manufacturing production. Again, a bit of a mixed picture. You know, the um, commodity prices are obviously extremely strong, and that has boosted our mining production. But, of course, there's also base effects coming through, you know, throughout the world, and all the economic data from uh, typically from, from April's low last year, even in March, obviously, effects coming through there. So, so what we have seen is that big base effect really pushing up commodity prices from a year ago. The latest print saw, you know, over 20% year-on-year growth. I think it's very much like, you know, last year when we saw the, these massive drop-offs. Um, and, of course, you know, the, the reality of the situation is that, um, that this obviously does improve um, South Africa's GDP government revenues from that source. But there are other sectors that are not performing well, you know, other sectors that obviously have been doing worse. And I think that's really the answer to your question. The economy is very mixed. You know, there's uneven economic growth, differences between sectors, also, of course, differences even between economies themselves globally. What about manufacturing? Probably not as dramatic on the upside as as mining and probably a little bit spottier in the nature of its recovery. Yes, I think, you know, um, if you have a look at that quite spectacular mining result, in comparison, manufacturing only rose by 4.6% year on year. Mm. But, you know, the the culmination of all of this, if you will, is that, you know, uh, having a look at industrial production overall, that's really giving us a lift of about um, 3.5% quarter-on-quarter season adjusted. And that's quite useful because mining production, as we said earlier, you know, is electricity. Um, sorry, uh, industrial production, as we said earlier, is electricity, mining, and, of course, manufacturing production. That all has a fairly good, um, you know, relationship with GDP. And it's, it's indicating to us we potentially could see a stronger growth rate in the first quarter of this year than initially expected. Now, of course, there are many other indicators that make up GDP. And interestingly, you know, the weight of industrial production, those three sectors amalgamated, is really just about 21%. And that, of course, for on its own, the real estate sector in South Africa, along with financial and business services, also 21%. So, you know, a lot depends on the performance of other sectors. And um, I think we're going to get a very mixed picture for the first quarter's GDP. Okay, PMI, that need not detain us too much, but it's obviously linked to manufacturing and it's holding its own above the breakout level of 50. Yes, and of course, globally as well. You know, the the reality is we are seeing global economic recovery. And of course, remember in South Africa as well, you know, the PMI indicative of what's happening in the manufacturing industry was manufacturing itself also obviously doing um, processing, yes, but doing a lot of processing of um, raw materials coming from the mining industry. So, so that in turn, of course, also getting a lift there.
CPI and PPI. The Lindsay Williams inflation equation is very, very simple. He, he looks at the rand and he looks at uh, demand. And also, I suppose, a little bit of petrol price uh, thrown in there as well. But it's extraordinary with the rand being so strong, being above 19, uh, 14 months ago. And now one day this week, I think it was below 14. So that really is putting a break on price rises. Absolutely. You know, I think it's the uh, one of the key reasons why we're not obviously seeing uh, much pass-through coming through recently, particularly from oil prices. The reality of the situation is that, you know, oil prices have been quite elevated this year, and that's really pushed through higher petrol prices in the first four months of this year. But uh, another big issue, Lindsay, is that as we move into the month of April, again, these base effects bedevil us. And this time around, it's because CPI inflation was very low a year ago. Mm. And as we move now, of course, into the April CPI inflation figure, that's going to jump to 4.2% from 3.2%. And, of course, that is a 1% massive jump up. Nothing at all to do with demand, just, you know, due to the fact that a year ago, commodity prices absolutely tanked. They collapsed. Isn't it strange that um, here we are talking about inflation and having seen the U.S. inflation numbers yesterday, I think it was, so 4.2%. At one point, well, actually now, inflation in South Africa is less than inflation in the United States. Well, not for long. <laughs> Next week we move into the April 4.2 as well, quite likely. So you're quite right. You know, so I suppose, you know, the United States is quite quick with the production of their data. But, you know, for countries globally, not just in South Africa, the space effect is pushing up inflation everywhere. And of course, you know, April is a key month when it's going to happen. And yeah. well, let's have a look at the consumption-led economy of uh, South Africa, which is led by consumers, obviously. I think two-thirds of our economy is all down to us going out and spending. How's it been? How's, how, has, has demand picked up after being in the doldrums for obvious reasons? Oh, well, you know, Lindsay, the, the latest data coming through for the first quarter of this year, and in fact, even if we look at this Momentum's um, Consumer Financial Vulnerability Index, it's quite interesting. It says shows that overall the state of South Africa's consumers' personal finances have improved during the first quarter of this year, but it's really been on the back of improvement in incomes of the middle and higher income groups, not the lower income groups. But the good news is that this tends to lead improvement in the lower income groups. So as you see demand, you know, lifting, and there some evidence of demand because expenditures also shown an improvement as well. Um, that, that then tends to feed through and, as you know, lift demand generally, and of course that also helps income in the you know for, for the for the lower income groups. And what they particularly said is that, you know, the income index has in increased to, um, you know, positive territory. It was um, in negative territory in the fourth quarter of last year. Expenditure uh, index increased into more positive territory. So perhaps, if you will, the, the, that may, in, uh, you know, indicates a bit of positivity on, on the borrowing side. Look, the private sector credit extended figures don't show such good news. But on the other hand, if we actually have a look at the, um, you know, general lending, we obviously are seeing that there's, there's greater appetite towards the middle to high income earners. And of course, delinquencies have risen a lot last year as well. So again, a very, very mixed picture, not just a mixed picture, you know, between economies and sectors, but even a mixed picture between households themselves. Yeah, it is different demographics and, and different income uh, earners are doing all sorts of different things. So it's, it's very interesting that we're coming out of this now. And as I said earlier on, I used the word spotty. It seems to me that we're on the right track compared to a year ago. But on the other hand, more needs to be done. And speaking about doing things, how's the Treasury and the South African Reserve Bank and the Cabinet and the President, how are they behaving? Do you like what they're doing? You know, 
crazy. Many strange things happening in South Africa. You know, people trying to spend the president, the president trying to spend people. But I think, you know, if we move away from the politics and we actually have a look at policies, you know, the policy reform is quite good from a planning perspective, from um, what they want to implement, and, of course, from its potential. Sadly, we're not seeing implementation coming through as quickly as we would like. And, of course, you know, we continue to forecast a reform-led recovery for South Africa, and we're looking for economic growth to rise to 3% by, you know, the 2026 period. But, of course, next year, you know, 2022, um, economic growth may only be around 1.5%. And you, you, you would say, oh, that, that, that seems quite low, particularly as economic growth is expected this year. But the consensus to be between 3 and 4% after last year's 7% collapse. But again, those base effects come into our conversation. And of course, you know, last year, the big collapse really pushes up growth. If we were to remove the base effect of last year, this year's economic activity would still be below that of 2019. So a long road ahead of recovery for the economy, but it can, of course, be quickened by implementing these uh, these uh, economic reforms uh, more rapidly. And, of course, you know, if we do have a look at the economy itself, it, it, it deteriorated from an economic growth perspective over the past decade, falling from 3% down to about 0.2% in 2019. Remember the huge electricity capacity constraints and woes. And, of course, repairing the capacity of electricity supply in South Africa is one of the key reforms, as also, of course, as well, is, um, you know, improving capacity of water supply. But, of course, you know, uh, reform when it comes to um, bureaucracy, the capability of the state, and of course, you know, spectrum costs uh, and the ports even, you know, looking at improving the um, transport logistics in South Africa as well. Yes, but, but particularly, you know, getting South Africa up to a quicker um, pace so that uh, of economic growth as well is something that we really can achieve if obviously we do see a fast implementation. So, so that's where we, we stuck, unfortunately, Lindsay, you know, with this this faction, this anti-Ramaphosa faction who's doing everything to derail change and reform in South Africa and, you know, with, with stranger and stranger politics coming out. And, of course, you know, the, the reform itself and the economic growth lagging. And, of course, South Africa's vaccine rollout also lagging as well. Um, you know, we were actually seeing a weaker, slower pace of vaccine rollout than many other emerging, most, most emerging market economies and many African economies as well. So government needs to lift its game in South Africa. It really does. And I don't know how long we've been, we've been speaking, Annabelle, but it's probably 10 years, maybe even more. And I don't know how many times you've said to me, we need to implement these goodwill policies that have been spoken about. We need to implement them more efficiently and more quickly. And you're still talking about it today, but maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year, Lindsay. Annabel Bishop is the Chief Economist at Investec in Johannesburg. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.